1: President Trump's first attempt at a travel ban was a failure, at least in court. A federal appeals court cited a host of reasons in blocking the plan, which tried to halt entry into the U.S. by people from seven mostly Muslim countries. The administration rescinded the old ban yesterday, replacing it with a new executive order that addresses some, though perhaps not all, of the legal issues. Among the key changes, the measure explicitly allows entry by green card holders, by people with valid visas, and by dual nationals traveling under a passport from the non-covered country. It also drops a provision that gave preference to religious minorities in refugee admissions. Are these and other changes enough to survive the inevitable legal challenges? Our guests today to discuss that are David Beer, an immigration policy analyst at the Libertarian Cato Institute. And Liza Goitine, co-director of the Liberty and National Security Program at the Brennan Center for Justice. Um, Liza, is it fair to say, welcome to you both? Um, Liza, is it fair to say that this new executive order is a significant improvement from a legal standpoint from the original one?
2: I'm not sure I
0: would say that from a, from a legal standpoint. I, I think it certainly uh, made an effort to try to defuse some of the. Legal objections and the legal problems with the with the first order, and you mentioned some of the some of the ways it did that. Uh, for example, by eliminating language that carved out an express preference for religious minorities, um, and also by exempting uh, current visa holders as well as green card holders. These were all efforts to try to mitigate some of the constitutional concerns with with the original policy. Um, I don't think they will, that will be enough, actually, to, to change the, the legal analysis because the crux of the order remains uh, a policy that on its face uh, has a discriminatory, discriminatory impact on Muslims after President Trump made a number of statements saying that he intended to put in place a Muslim ban.
3: David, do you agree that the revised order eliminates certain problems, but that the core constitutional problem, which is religious discrimination, remains?
2: Well, I don't particularly take the view that uh, this is a constitutional issue. I, I My argument is that this is a statutory problem for the president, that we have a law on the books that Congress enacted in 1965 that bans discrimination based on Uh, nationality for immigrants. So uh, at least as far as this ban applies to immigrant visa applicants in these countries, then it's illegal under the law. And this new order did nothing to resolve that fundamental problem that you have a statute that bans this type of discrimination. I also would say that while I'm not convinced that you know, that this is necessarily a Muslim ban, there are elements of this order that really undermine the argument that the administration is making that this is about vetting people. So, for example, the order cites this case of a Somali child who was brought over and then grew up here and then became a terrorist. Well, that case has nothing whatsoever to do with vetting, Uh, the person was a child when they came over. There's no way to vet for future, um, you know, intent when you grow up. Uh, So that's a failure of assimilation, not, not vetting. And so now he's using this example to say that this ban makes sense. Well, if the ban is only temporary to allow them time to review the vetting procedures, well, that doesn't really fit with this example. And it would indicate that he has no plans for it to, to be temporary, and it really is intended to uh, ban people from the United States.
1: Liza, the, the phrase Muslim ban is used a lot in talking about this uh, 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 plan, th- this order, um, but it really only affects a very small percentage of the world's Muslims, and of course it doesn't on its face say anything about Muslims. So other than, than those comments that, that the president made during the campaign, other people have made... Uh, you know, outside the scope of this order, you know, what what evidence do we have that that this should be thought of as something that is either a Muslim ban or targets Muslims?
0: Well, the fact that the ban doesn't uh, prohibit every single Muslim in the world from coming into the United States doesn't mean that it can't be discriminatory against Muslims. Um, There are plenty of countries that are experiencing political chaos um, at the same level as some of the countries on this list. Uh, that are not majority Muslim countries, such as, for example, Venezuela, that are not on this list. And I think if you had, for example, an employer who uh, you know, fired 20 uh, employees in one year and all of the employees that the employer fired were African-American, despite the fact that, the, that there was a, uh, you know, a, a variety of races represented in that company. Um, I think the fact that there were still some African-Americans who were not fired wouldn't change your perception that this was discriminatory.
1: Our guests are Liza Goitin of the Brennan Center for Justice and David Beer of the Cato Institute. David, earlier you were expressing some skepticism about so, some of the explanations for the, the ban, the need for it. But is this an area we really want our courts getting into? I mean, normally, we think that the President is going to know much more about the national security needs of the country than a court would or that you are, than you or I would. Uh, you know what what's the standard here for a court a court saying no, we disagree with you, mr. president
2: Look, I don't think that the courts should second guess the President, but I also don't think that they should second second guess Congress. And it's Congress who enacted this prohibition on nationality-based discrimination in the law. And when they did that in 1965, we did have a very discriminatory immigration system. We banned almost all Asians in the United States, for example. And the reason why they got rid of this ban is because they thought it would be good for U.S. security interests. They thought that it was harming our... Uh, battle against the communists, uh, that uh, communists were using it for recruitment. And the same arguments that Congress was using then against banning all Asians uh, really applies with the same level of force uh to this current ban so, so, uh, it's so, 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 so just so I'm clear
1: um so I'm yep. clear so you're saying that even if the president really had a compelling reason to say there's a national security reason why for this particular country we need to pre- uh, prevent people from from entering the country that wouldn't be enough because of the statute Congress had passed
2: exactly Congress has already exercised its authority on this issue it has the power to set immigration statutes, and this is the one that it chose so The courts shouldn't second-guess the national security judgment of Congress.
3: Liza, one thing I find curious with the order is in justifying the need for national security, more national security, they talk about, it talks about uh, 300 people who entered the country as refugees who were the subject of counterterrorism investigations. It only talks about within that Three individuals, January 2013, two Iraqi nationals, and October 2014, a native of Somalia. They failed to put in the 9-11 hijackers. And Saudi Arabia is not on this list, which is now different than the list that Obama had. So is there any reason for not putting Saudi Arabia on this list?
0: Well, there's certainly no reason if the true purpose is a national security one. But um, as you know, you and, and others have pointed out, the, the national security justification here is fairly thin. The 300 investigations that are mentioned. Um, all we know about them is that they are investigations. The FBI has a number of different levels of investigation, and some are as low as uh, following up on a a hunch or a tip. So we have no way of knowing how, how serious these investigations are. When it comes, or, or frankly, how many of them were launched after the courts said there was no national security justification for this policy? Um, you know, when it comes to the, the examples, which were presumably the strongest examples that the administration was able to find in the weeks that it has had to put together this revised order, you know, one of those examples, as has already been noted, uh, relates to a, a Somali American who came to this country as a child, and then uh, was the subject of an FBI sting, where the FBI actually put together the plot and, and took the lead on the plot. It was, it was a fake plot. Uh, the other example involves Iraqi refugees who were plotting terrorist attacks in Iraq, not in the United States. So if those are the most convincing examples the administration can come up with, that really undermines the, the pretextual national security justification.
1: David, a big issue the last time around was whether anybody like a state had had legal standing to challenge the the travel ban. Uh, How about with this, the revised ban? Is anybody going to have the right to go to court to say uh, that the president's gone too far?
2: Well, it's true that uh, visa applicants don't uh, typically have constitutional rights to challenge their denials, but American citizens who are petitioning uh, for them to come over would have standing to sue. And so in the exact same court in Seattle that uh, um, heard the case that you know put a hold on the Uh, executive order the first time there's another case brought by u.s. citizens who are petitioning for their family members to come over on immigrant visas and they would be the ones to challenge uh, not the immigrant uh, visa applicants themselves and so uh... i do think you will get standing to sue uh... the question ultimately will come down to whether or not the courts are willing to side with congress and the statute, or whether they're going to side with the president and his you know, national security justification.
1: Liza, if I gave you only 10 seconds, could you uh, tell me if you agree with that?
0: Uh, y- yes, I would agree with that. I-, I-, I think in the 10 seconds that I have, I, I want to say that this, is, this discriminates against people from majority Muslim countries without any evidence of a national security harm. So I think the courts need to look at that really closely.
1: Okay. thanks, Liza Goytin of the Brennan Center and David Beer of the Cato Institute. I'm sure we'll be talking more about Donald Trump's revised travel ban, which he issued yesterday and which almost certainly will be uh, taken on in court in the coming weeks.
3: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg.